Welcome to the weekly podcast of the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. VOH Radio brings an in-depth understanding of the scriptures prophetically, rich revelation of the early church apostolic fathers, and biblical interpretation of the biggest news and political stories of our day. Take VOH Radio with you on the go. Listen on demand weekly. New programs released every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, TuneIn, and more. To partner with us, please go to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Or email us at radio at voh.church. You're listening to The Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. Hello and blessings from VOH Radio. I'm Mike Petro. We are in seasons of a lot of change and transition right now within the body of Christ. So many things happening to the church around the world. All because of the COVID, many churches have closed down. Many churches have been lost to uh, financial hardships. And right now, I I believe a lot of Christians are in this place of despair, wondering, you know, what's going on. Several years ago, the Lord spoke to me while I was in prayer, and he said that literally that there was coming a season that the church was going to go through a testing, a sifting, to find out, you know, where it was at. And we as Christians need to understand that this is the way that the Lord does things. He tests us. If you remember when Peter was with Jesus, hallelujah, right before the Lord was taken, Jesus told Peter that he was going to be sifted. He said, Satan has asked to sift you. So why do we go through these siftings? These siftings in the church take out those things and those uh that are really not serious. I mean, there's some Christians that have literally, probably even many people listening to this broadcast right now, like you've left the church, it never bothered you, the COVID, nothing ever stopped in your life. Uh, you didn't feel that uh, tug to go even back to church. Some of you have been out of church for a whole year and you haven't even been going back. And you gotta ask yourself, Am I really in the place that I should be? Is Am I in that place that Jesus is looking for me as to be part of his kingdom? The Lord is very clear in his scripture that he's coming back for those that are on fire, not for those that are lukewarm. And right now we just have too much lukewarm Christianity. Some of the things that I've heard people saying, well, you know, uh, uh, a very famous uh, pastor said that Jesus wouldn't wear a mask. I'm, I almost felt like it was an abomination for that statement to be made that the creator of the universe would submit himself to a germ or whatever it is that's been created on this earth. Like, I just can't even imagine Jesus walking around with a veil over his uh, face. It's actually, when you look at it, it's, it's a technique. It's a, a fear tactic that we see within uh, governments and people um, that are really trying to keep their people in a state of fear. 
we can see other nations that the effect on this at the church level has literally cut Christianity down to really a much smaller number than where it used to be because the church really uh, being in debt hasn't had the ability to stay um, committed to growing uh, with uh, so many people leaving the church because uh, they can't make it, they can't pay their offerings. And we see that so many people have just stayed home not even worried about getting back to work. I've talked to business owners even now that his people don't want to come back. They're more, they want to stay on this free money being given by the government. You got to ask yourself a question. Why do we need to be putting out free money when there's so many businesses looking for employees right now? And, and what does it really do to the economy when the people are so selfish that they're, they just want to stay home and collect the check. We need to ask ourselves a question. Is, is that God's way? And are we really hurting ourselves to the point, putting ourselves in such a debt um, that it's going to be unpayable? As a matter of fact, I just heard a recent account, I believe right now, every person in America, including the children, owe over $100,000 clean up our national debt. Our kids are in this up to their throat. And we think that somehow that it's just going to disappear, that there's not going to be any repercussions. And the fear of it is, or the shame of it is, when things go really bad, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when there is no jobs? What are we going to do when there is nothing? But maybe that's what's going to have to happen to this nation in order for our nation to get back to Christ. And for you young people out there, why don't you go take a look on the YouTube about people that have escaped from communist countries, how they want nothing to do with communism. In Korea, it was the, 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 the people there are in such a dire strait of poverty that nothing goes to waste. I read, I was listening to a girl that was talking about how she escaped from North Korea through China. And when she got into China, the way she got into China is that she sold herself into prostitution. Her mother sold herself into prostitution just so that they could eat. And after a time of being in prostitution just to eat, the girl realized that it wasn't worth it. She just wanted to die at that point because she felt so humiliated. She felt so uh, abandoned that she was considering suicide. She talked about when she was a little girl, she says that the Korean kids play a game, the North Koreans. It's, it's what would you eat if you could eat anything you want? And they sit around. They don't play normal games like our kids. They're not, they don't have toys for us, places over there, they're more worried in, in, in playing games about eating. If they could eat all that they wanted to eat because they literally don't have food. They, they worry uh, that, that there won't be a rainy season in the summer because if there's not a rainy season, there won't be no bugs because bugs are a, a staple. Rats 
are a staple diet. You see little kids chasing rats to catch them in order to have meat to eat. And this isn't just a few. This is the entire, entire community in North Korea. It's not just a few poor people. It's the, all, it's the entire underclass, which, by the way, is a communist nation. And we have our teachers teaching this stupidity in the universities, in the high schools, in the junior high schools, thinking that we can just turn our freedoms over to the government and the governments can be trusted not to do those things. But in reality, the stupidity that we see in, in the youth, in the schools, their teachers, the lack of studying to look into, just trusting the government officials because what we want to have uh, a, uh, you know, a union check, a retirement check when we get older. But that's the way it is in other nations and other communist nations. That is the way they live every day of every year. But we got this idea that everything is supposed to just be given to us. That same girl was talking about how that, when she first tr seen a trash can, she asked what was that because she never seen a trans uh, trash can in North Korea. They don't have trash cans because they use everything. Whatever they get, they use it for something. They throw nothing away because every commodity is important to them. As a matter of fact, the kids are encouraged to go out and look for feces on the ground for the farm so that the farms can produce uh, manures and different things for growing crops because they have no fertilizers there. And yet, all the things that we take for granted, all the blessings that we have in this nation, and the reasons we, that we had all these blessings, just like any country that has is blessed, is because we have biblical principles. We don't just have biblical principles, we have Torah principles. Our laws were founded on the Ten Commandments of the Bible. Our laws are completely founded in the instructions of Scripture. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Department of Justice, there's a picture. There's all these statues up on the uh, around the top of the ceiling. But there's one statue that's up there of a man that's holding scales but there's no name on him. The name was taken off. But if you ask one of the curators there, they'll tell you that that statues of Moses, the one that the law came from. You know, it's interesting. They wanted to take church and state and separate them, but they don't understand that our country was built on religious principles, not Buddhist principles, not Muslim principles, not any other religious principles other than Christian principles. And if we just go back and read the constitutions of the original 13 colonies, the 13 states, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, all those states talked about that the leaders had to be of good Christian value. And yet we have a whole side of our government that hates God that once God voted out. It's always from the Democratic side. I Honestly, I don't know how anybody could call themselves a Christian and be a Democrat. For those of you that are out there that have somehow 
man, been manipulated by the Democratic Party. I don't know how you can consciously say you're born again or have Jesus in your life when you vote for abortions and you vote for things into office that God considers an abomination. Isn't it amazing uh, the the Christians that are in the Republican Party? So many Christians that now the battle from the Democratic Party is against Christianity. And why is that? Because their votes that they don't want. So they want to remove the rights. And I've seen this coming when I've seen so many Christians uh, jump on the, the bandwagon with uh, Donald Trump. I knew there would be a backlash from the Democratic Party because it has gotten to the place of being so vile against any principles of, of Christianity that it has taken the side of everything from homosexuality to transgenderism to the abortion of children that what right now I'm saying in Canada just as voted in as last week would be called hate speech. But there's, I have no hate for those people. The problem is... Want to get plugged in to the Voice of Healing? Stream hours of VOH content on any device from home or on the go. Get access to all the teachings and programs that the Voice of Healing is streaming worldwide and be an integral part of what the Lord is doing in the greatest harvest of souls that the world has ever seen. Sign up today by heading to voh.church watch. What is our country doing in, in, in putting these walls and divisions between what this country was built on and bringing in a whole nother agenda. We need to wake up as a people because clearly I know what the Bible says. I'm, I'm very clear on what the Bible says because the Bible is really all about what it would be like at the end of the age. And what I'm seeing is nothing more than what we call the one world or new world order. When you look at Biden, before Biden was uh, um, brought into, uh, sworn into office, he was in Europe trying to make amends with basically the New World Order people. Trying to say, oh, we all need to work. See, that's the lie. We all need to work together. We're all part of the same world. So, you know called globalization. We have to mate, be friendly with everybody, but we have people that are not playing the same game. When you have people that have their own interests and they see the stupidity of the West and we look at what's going on and we have to ask ourselves a very simple question. How can we be biblically literate but yet be biblically blind? That the Bible has told us what is going to happen. And we right now are on the verge of looking into a, a hole that is so dark and so deep with the globalization of Europe and, and the agendas, the false press, the things that are going on out there. And yet nobody is saying anything because we don't want to offend people. We don't want to get into politics. Well, politics has gotten into us. And because of it, we're going to have to make a decision to stand on what side, one side or the other. Something that I've seen coming, and in some ways, maybe we need it. Maybe we need 
to go into an underground church like China, where Christianity is so persecuted that they kill Christians. In North Korea, they run them over with street rollers and flatten them into the pavement because they find out that they are worshiping Jesus instead of instead of Kim Jong-un. Maybe, maybe then we'll weed out the fakes, the people that never make it to church, the people that all forgot to go back to church after COVID, the people that don't tithe. Because I'm telling you something, man, the LGB tithes, they make sure they're getting their agenda out there. They got lawyers, they're all lawyered up. But the Christian community, it amazes me of men that call them uh, that are lawyers that call themselves Christians that do not stand fast for biblical truths first. It was a it was refreshing to see Lynn Wood stand up and fight for what's right in our country when so many so-called uh, Christian lawyers have sat on the sideline because they're more worried about their reputation than worried about their faith. To protect, our job is to protect the weak. This country was built on protecting the weak, but we have sold out to the, to the garbage that is being offered through our own political parties, the greed, the self, the agendas. And really, that's where we're at today. We'd rather point our finger at others and say our doctrine is right and therefore you're wrong. When I honestly don't see right now in our denominations anything close to the early church teachings. Romans chapter two, Paul says, indeed, you are all called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and prove the things that are excellent by instructing, instructing out of the law and are confident that you yourself are guides to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructors of the foolish, a teacher of babies, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. Isn't it interesting that Paul said that their instructors at the time of Jesus were basically guides to people that were blind and babies and those that were living in darkness, foolish teachers, and their people knew nothing of Scripture. And you know what? We see it in the church today. We have watered down the word. We have watered down salvation, which the Lord said would happen. He called it the great falling away. And we really think that God is going to bless our mess. If you remember, the Lord literally literally wiped out the earth in the great flood. Literally billions of people on the earth and wiped out the billions for a few righteous people or a few that had right understanding. See, we are in a season and we are in a time now where the Lord is looking for those that are like Noah, those that held the line, those that were hungry and thirsty after the righteousness of God, and those that wanted to know the things of God. Verse 21, and you therefore who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? And you who abhor idols, do you rob temples? 
He's not talking about physical temples. He's talking about God's temple, which is us. He's saying you're robbing God's house. You are thieves because you're not raising up children of God. Verse 23, you who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through your breaking of the law? The name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has is of or becomes no uh, becomes uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? So Paul is really saying, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, if he walks in right understanding of God's Torah, will not his uncircumcision, his physically being uncircumcised, be counted as circumcision? Meaning true circumcision is of those who keep God's word. They walk in a circumcision of truth. And so the Lord is bringing us into this understanding, into this knowledge that we need to walk out the law. And why would God say if we re- if we keep the requirements of the law that we are considered circumcised? How is it that today we don't have people that are keeping the law? That most of the churches have thrown it out. As a matter of fact, the early church taught that that's what would happen, that the church at the end of the age would throw out God's word, his law, and say it was invalid. And that's exactly what's happened. Whereas the early church wanted to understand the spiritual side of the law, what does it really mean? Jesus even says this. He talks about murder and what that means. He says that, you know, um, if a person hates his brother, it's considered murder in the sight of God. Well, the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not kill. So if you... Jesus is saying, as a Christian, if you don't like someone in your family or you hate somebody in your family, that you're a murderer. Where in the physical law, you had to physically take a knife, a stone, whatever, kill that person physically. Jesus said, if you don't like somebody, it's the same as murder. So the Lord is taking us to a whole other level of truth. Not that we can do whatever we want and the Lord's going to overlook it. It's all under grace. It's under forgiveness. No, Jesus said forgive so that you can be forgiven. Meaning the law is all summed up in the area of forgiving others so you can be forgiven. He said if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. So we need to understand this transition of of forgiveness and, and forgiveness that comes in and forgiving others, because if we can't forgive others, we're just murderers. Isn't it interesting that the Lord says, if you lust after a woman, if you look at a woman with lust, it's the same as committing adultery. The Old Testament, you had to physically commit adultery. But in the New Testament, the Lord says the thought of it. So he must be holding the church to a much higher accountability of holiness. And yet we wonder why our children don't want to go to church because they don't see the fruit in us. They don't see the lifestyle in us. And I honestly, it's really not the people's faults. It's the pastor's fault. 
because too many pastors are putting compromise before truth. Where that instead of holding the line, no matter what the cost, we're more worried about putting people in the in the church, in the pews, and saying, well, let God sort it out. I'm just putting it in there and let them take care of themselves. That's been our mentality. That's really been our theology. So we have mega churches with mega pastors. And those mega churches are really, what are they doing? Nothing. Nothing for the people. We don't have pastors anymore. We have life coaches. I'd hate to stand before Jesus and say, I'm a life coach because a religious term is just too defining. And we got men that don't want to be defined. And the reason they don't want to be defined is because they don't want to be accountable. One leader was asked twice by a news uh, organization, by a, um, a broadcaster, is there are other ways to heaven other than Jesus? And his reply was twice. The guy threw him a softball. He threw him a soft pitch. He said, well, I would hope that other religions would get in. But then he was asked again, you mean there's other ways? Well, I would hope that others would get in. And we have idiots in those churches, fools, Jesus calls them. If you look at the word foolish, it means a moron in the Greek. We have morons, Christian morons in those churches. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, then nobody gets to the Father, no Buddhists, no Hindus, no Muslims, nobody gets to the Father but through me. You have the Catholic Church putting out commercials now. And in those commercials, they're literally saying that they're working with the Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims. If you don't believe it, contact us. I'll send you the sites. Basically, they're saying there's many ways to God. They said the mountain's wide, and there's many different ways and paths up the mountain. But Jesus said he's the only path. And I would think that there would be a lot of brothers standing alongside me, but they won't say nothing. They're too afraid, too scared. Too much of a man pleaser, Jesus says. Instead of standing up for what's right, for instead of standing up for what our Lord and Savior says, let's stand up for everything else. And I've had it said to me, you know, it's crazy. People say, well, I don't like that, that brother. I don't like that ministry. They're too tough. But, you know, I love the Buddhists, and I love everybody else, and I love the Muslims, and, and we're going to be part of that Chrislam thing. But they're not standing up for the one who died for them. It's time we wake up, church. It's time you wake up and get into the fight because there's not much time. I'm Mike Petro, and this is VOH Radio. If you enjoyed today's podcast, partner with us by heading to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Your financial gift helps the Voice of Healing Radio bring revelation to God's kingdom and to the nations. Have a testimony or prayer request? Call us at one 877 440-3737. That's 1-877-440-3737. Or send us an email at radio at voh.church. And don't forget to add VOH Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for your current updates. This is the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petrone.